Please remember that information and advice provided on this podcast is based off my personal experiences as a young girl with ADHD. Although I do analyse, mention and cite valid peer-reviewed sources, my podcast is not a replacement for professional medical advice. If you have concerns or questions regarding your own amazing brain and mental health, please talk to a medical provider. I'd like to begin by acknowledging the traditional owners and custodians of the land on which I speak to my listeners today, the peoples of the Kulin Nation. I also pay my respects to their elders, past and present. I'd also like to acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. This episode of The Lucy Pod features heavy adult themes. It is an in-depth discussion about the negative impacts of a late ADHD diagnosis. Things such as anxiety, depression, suicide and drug use will be discussed at length in this episode. If you're not in the mood to listen to this, please listen to another episode of The Lucy Pod. If you are struggling with anything that is discussed in this episode, please look at the description below where there are resources to help you, such as Lifeline, Beyond Blue, and the ADHD Foundation. Haiti and Afghanistan are still in trouble, and the situation is tragic. Please do not forget to donate or share the donation links that are in my description. Also, please do not forget to follow the Lucy Pod wherever you are listening. If you are listening on Spotify, please do not forget to click the follow button. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, do not forget to give me a five-star review. And of course, follow me if you're listening on Amazon Music or Google Podcasts. You can also follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn at the Lucy Pod. Hello and welcome back to the Lucy Pod, part two of my amazing conversation with my friend Jasmine about ADHD and late diagnosis. Let's get back into it. But I was I was gonna say, like, I wanna say I have a very good ADHD radar. And I when I met Jasmine, I knew I was like, this girl is ADHD. I thought it. I thought it in my head. And I, I was, I was you. woman. <laughs> I because can you imagine if I'd gone up to be like Jasmine, you're ADHD. You you might you might have taken it really well, or you might have been like get stuffed. Like who are you to tell me what I am? Like how dare you? I mean, in a retrospect, like if you'd said that, like I mean, obviously how like with me now telling you that I'd suspected it, I'd just be like. Mm, noted noted like mm, duly noted <laughs> so I always knew it and anyone else who was around me who was like mm, you know like Jasmine she's like a bit off with the fairies I'm like yeah I'm, I'm surprised you and I would never say anything obviously and I'd be like yeah you guys have no idea so I was gonna ask do you think that your ADHD was missed because it wasn't obvious which I don't know how that would be seen, or do you think it was mistaken for something else, like with teachers and with parents? Like, do, do people just think like, nah, that's just Jasmine, or people were like, nah, like she's just lazy. Like, why do you think it was missed for so long? This is really interesting, and I'm actually so glad you brought it up because I love talking about this. <laughs> tell, but tell. Seriously, like, I mean, the the commentary from my parents in regards to me as a kid and just... I suppose expressing symptoms and what they made of it was like it was said about me by my two-year-old kindergarten teacher initially she mm. beats to the mutt sorry she 
marches to the beat of her own drum. Oh, yes, I've gotten that as yes, well. Oh, yes, yes, she's no, very spirited. Nothing's changed. Yep. And, um, yeah, no, literally in every single report I've had pretty much all the way through to year 12, mm-hmm. it was always Jasmine is easily distracted, is off in her own little world. Yep. And, um, you know, as you said, she tends to give up on tasks if they prove too much of a challenge, you know, et cetera, et cetera. It's the same old story yeah. pretty much. Yeah. But I'll, it was very frequently dismissed with, you know, that like the word that my parents incessantly use is quirky and yeah. left of centre, a little bit different. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, um, you know, I honestly don't blame them for not going and getting me tested because, Like the reason for that being is because I feel like, I mean, it's not as bad now, like in like, like today as in this year, but, you know, for a long, long time, ADHD has been very misrepresented in the sense that I suppose, you know, the average, the average person just off the street, I guess. I don't know. Would think it's with a boy. Like people think ADHD is a boy thing. And like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's you know, disruptive, annoying guys. Like people compare ADHD boys to like Jonah from Tonga. Like they say that's ADHD in boys, which I don't know how I feel about that. But it's like, yeah, boys have ADHD and then girls who display ADHD traits are ditzy and odd. Yes. Odd. Yes. You're very odd. Yeah. Bossy. Like I got bossy. I got that I was a very bossy child, that I was very inquisitive um and like yeah like ADHD was never on the thing for teachers they yeah yeah honestly it's a it's a real damn shame because like that's the thing like that's you took the words right out of my mouth (laughs) you know ADHD like the stereotype exists as you know the the traits that are displayed in in boys you know they're very talkative, loud, bouncing off the walls, mm-hmm. won't settle down. Rough. You know, just yep. and that tends to be a person's typical, I suppose, framework of how ADHD looks in a person. Yeah. Whereas I'm like I'm a little bit of both, but like I'm I've always kind of been more of the inattentive type. Yep, same. And, same. You know, that was that was the most notable, um, noticeable element of my ADHD personally. Cause yep. you know, I, I would focus on anything except the task that I was supposed to be doing through primary school yep. and to high school to now. <laughs> no, 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 same, same. I, I, yeah, I, yeah. That's, that's, that's the thing. It's like I feel like my um, the element of hyperactivity in my case is mentally. Like my yeah, mm-hmm. my, my frontal lobe, I love saying this, <laughs> feels like it's powered by a V8 engine. It just Yes, doesn't... the accelerator. That's right. <laughs> That's the analogy they use. It's like your brain isn't broken. It's just a Ferrari with a really, really fast engine that doesn't know when no to breaks. stop. Or like I tell okay. people my brain is like when you've got 10 tabs open on a computer. Mm-hmm. And it's just running at the same time and you need to press control out delete. Otherwise I'm gonna, you know, explode. Like it's like having a million things going on. It's not necessarily mm-hmm. like, oh, super loud. Like I think I am just a naturally loud and talkative person. I don't think that's my ADHD. It's what's going on in my brain that's like, you know, I'm having a conversation with someone, but oh my god, their hair looks really nice and I wonder what shampoo they use. And oh my god, I forgot to wash my hair. And yes! I can 
hear someone talking. That's my mind works. And their voice sounds like that actor. Did you know? And then, like, I'll interrupt and say something like, did you watch that new movie? And they're telling me about, like, their dead dog. So Yeah, like, literally. And you, and you come out with something that could not relevant. be less related to, to the conversation. It's so irrelevant. Like, time. It's, yeah. So it's not even, like, I think as a kid I was maybe more active, but I think kids are active. Like, I think you know, we yeah, move around. But I think the reason why my parents only suspected I was ADHD until later on is because I was a really good sleeper. Like I slept Where? really well and I still am. I'm still a really good sleeper. Nice. I, I, I'm just a naturally good sleeper. So that's a key trait of ADHD is that, you know, sleeping is an issue. And the thing is at home, mm-hmm. I wasn't annoying. It was at school that I was an issue. My parents didn't find me problematic. At home, I was the only child I, you know, I had all their attention. It was easy. It was at school that it became an issue where it was like, hmm, she's not just spirited. There's some other difficulties that are happening. And it's my mum who picked up on them. And my dad yeah, was in denial because dad's ADHD. And obviously that oh, then translated to me. Yeah. Dad's ADHD. Like, I think he talked about it in my episode with me. You know what? Yeah. Like he might've, I might've heard this before and it's just gone in the gone in the mental recycling bin yeah. for some reason but <laughs> yeah, no, yeah we, no. we love we love this we love we love him we love him yes, like and it's such a common thing like pe- a lot of teachers say you know when you tell the parents when you have got a kid in your class who's ADHD or autistic you'll you know go okay how could the parents not tell and then you think maybe the parents are in denial and then they meet the parents and like oh yep dad's autistic yep dad's ADHD <laughs> yep can definitely like yes. can yes. can see that but yes. I think at school I don't think teachers are like trained that well to like notice ADHD no, girls I think not and maybe like I had a different experience at my high school I had a great time teachers were great with me but I think if in a different school the view of girls being sort of outspoken and like me, I don't know if it would have gone down well. Like girls are not allowed to be, mm-hmm. girls aren't allowed to be autistic. They're not allowed to be ADHD. They need to just be really pleasant. And I think that yes, maybe informs, yeah. Unfortunately, a very still relevant norm that shouldn't be the case. Should but, not. You know, that's the thing, you know, like when you throw um, neurodivergency into the mix, it makes it, you know, it makes it a lot more prevalent yeah. and you know, when it's more prevalent, it's like, you know, more people sort of start to notice and not many people really understand. So. They don't. And I think their only yeah. understanding of it, like 100%. I think people are more accepting of neurotypical and neurodiverse boys. Like if a boy's autistic, it's seen as like, oh, he's like odd and like nerdy and cute and it's sweet. And girls are more likely to be okay with that. Like girls want to mother those boys. Whereas if it's like a woman who's ADHD, it's like, oh, she's weird. She's psycho. Like she's really off the planet and no one wants anything to do with that. Like it's not cute. It's she's psycho. Like she's off the planet. Like boys with autism, we love it. And then when it's girls, it's like, oh, she's really intense. Like yuck. Mm, that's exactly what you get when you mix just the general stereotype of women associated with female behavior like to to the extremes and neurodivergency that's the thing like people you know it's so commonly thrown around around the word psycho like yeah she is oh my ex is a a it's like, oh, no, sorry. It's okay, we'll blur it out. It's fine, you're fine. I think I've sworn to. We will blur it out. No, it's true. We use it so loose. It's like maybe she is psycho. Maybe she does need therapy. Maybe if you want an asshole and you got her help, maybe. Like, yeah, maybe she is mm-hmm. not well. Maybe she's off the planet because you've gaslit her. You know? 
Well, exactly. People people <laughs> seek to judge rather than they seek to help. They seek to, to help. Exactly. Like yes, you can stand there and criticize all you want, but that's like can you can you see that changing anything? Is is that is, is that, that gonna help? Person? They no, they think not. punitive works. Like my primary school teachers were like suckers for punishment. They loved punishing me. And the thing is, it did Yuck. nothing. And it's not because I was disobedient. It's because if you tell someone with ADHD to sit in a corner and not move, what do you think they're going to do? Like, how dense are you? And, oh, God, I almost want to bump into all of those old teachers and just say to them, like, you all were so far off the mark. Like, go get trained again because if you're teaching future students who are ADHD, I don't want them to be told what you told me. Like, oh, that no. I was, you know? It's damaging because especially like with primary school kids, oh. like children are so malleable at, at those ages. You know, yeah. if if they if they've um if they've got an undiagnosed mental illness or or even diagnosed, you know, yeah. either or, you know, and they're treated the same as a neurotypical as a neurotypical child or, you know, just generally not t- having their condition taken into consideration, that can be so harmful going so forward. Hard. It can be very harmful going forward. Like they don't. They don't realise. And another question I was going to ask you is, obviously now that you're diagnosed, you probably know more how much your ADHD impacts you. How does your ADHD impact you on a daily basis now that you've got this clarity? When when do you notice, oh, my God, I'm so ADHD? Or is it just a constant, like, I'm ADHD, I'm ADHD? Yeah, it, it, it's constant, honestly. <laughs> like, it was, it was so, like... I cannot compare the experience of realizing like that all the nine symptoms of ADHD are pretty much just a list of my own personality traits. <laughs> Your whole star <laughs> sign. Yeah, it's it's just I'm like it's I just identify so strongly with um I'd say actually eight out of nine of the primary symptoms. Yeah. It's like I, I notice it on a daily basis, you know, like usually before I was diagnosed, I mean, I wouldn't give it too much thought, but right. just having all this self-awareness, yeah, it, it's it's just, it's, you know, I already said eye-opening, but, you know, just um, the fact that it affects literally every aspect of a person's life, you know, it's it's hard not to, I suppose, notice it or anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's everywhere. Like, that's why I did a previous episode about, like, ADHD and identity and how, uh, you know, Cairo, she asked me a really interesting question. It was, you know, if, you know, going off of what you were like before being diagnosed and now, how much of your ADHD can you base on your personality? And like, is it conducive to say, I am ADHD instead of, you know, I have ADHD. Now, I did a whole episode about it. And I don't think people realize that the reason I say I am ADHD is because it's, it's everywhere for me. That doesn't mean that I'm just ADHD. Like, of course, you know, I'm Lucy before I'm ADHD. I like reading. I like singing before I'm ADHD. But it's like I am ADHD because it's like everything. Like everything I do, it's, it's the functional. ADHD you know, is it, there. it literally targets yeah. just the way you function as a human person, you know. like It's everywhere. It's, it's- you know from from sleeping to eating be that you know you eat the same thing for like a week of, like that, that's common <laughs> or you forget to eat I've done that literally you, you know? forget to eat and people are like what's wrong it's like I'm not dangerous I just I'm on Ritalin right now and I forgot to eat I'm so sorry like yeah. it does sorry it's, life. it's literally with you all the time and I don't like and I also don't know why people care so much if people choose to say I am ADHD and obviously Cairo wasn't asking this question to be a dick, but other people ask like 
oh, how much can you base on your personality? And it's like, why are you asking that? Like, what is the intent behind that question? Does it exactly. bother you? Like, it's no almost trying to separate the mental, like the the mental disorder from the person. Yes, yeah. it's like, okay, how, how much of you is like a bit sideways, and how much is like an an actual person? Like, that's kind of how how it can come across come across and it's like why are you so bothered and even like there are some people who I have in my ADHD group who you know I love them and I support their choice but they choose to be you know to identify as someone who has ADHD or someone who was diagnosed with like there's this sense of um separatism and that's of course their choice like if they want to identify like that you know they you know you you go for it but I I don't understand why they would want to separate it like there's nothing wrong. Like you would never say I am someone who experiences happiness. You'd say I'm happy. You don't yeah, say exactly. I'm a person that's, who experiences sadness. You say I'm sad today. Like, <laughs> you know, but it's true. So I don't know why there's this separatism and like, oh, you know, if you weren't diagnosed, you wouldn't think like that. Yeah, but before you were diagnosed, you always thought you were weird. Like, you know? How does the diagnosis like change the way in which a person feels? That that don't make sense. That that doesn't make sense. And another question I was going to ask you about, you know, the fact of being diagnosed late. Do you think that being diagnosed late means that you're going to have to have medication forever and like coping issues forever? Like how do you think it's going to affect you in the long run? Like do you see yourself being like I need to be medicated for my whole life or no, I want to like learn to live off of it? Or do you feel like because I was diagnosed late, I need all of this extra help? Absolutely. Honestly, I feel like the way I see it, I mean, I I see no shame in, you know, taking medication long term. Me neither. Be that for like, you know. My whole life. Yeah, exactly. For a person's entire life, because they need it. Because I see, I see it as I was born, like you know, due to genetics, at a disadvantage. Yeah, I don't. I was have born different. Ability to yeah. to operate in certain situations or do certain tasks to the average person. Yeah. So you know, there's no, there's absolutely no shame in taking a medication that's going to counter that. Like, so whatever extent that may be, but yeah. it's something that I believe I need. Like, just the difference between me not being on my medication and me on the medication is unbelievable yeah seriously how did it feel so I want to hear like what was it like your first day taking your like first Ritalin because I did a whole episode about it and I wrote a story and it like changed my life what was it like for you taking your first ever medication what did it do what everyone remembers their first time (laughs) everyone remembers no, but like it was just, I remember this so clearly, like it was yesterday, but mm-hmm. like the first time it, it was short acting Ritalin. Yep. Um, I took it and um, this was um just before I went to uni. Yep. And um, I just remember like the absolute second that it hit me, it was just like, I'd honestly kind of forgotten after a few minutes that I'd taken it. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then all of a sudden it's just this this absolute clarity jinx (laughs) jinx you know just 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 this newfound I suppose it is composure and it what I found like the best way I can describe it is that it just cleared all the white noise in my head yeah like it's like coming up from underwater like you've been underwater you can hear everyone at the pool and it's all yes exactly right you come up and it's like oh my god like this is what it's meant to be like like this is 
That is so spot on. I'm totally stealing that analogy. Oh, steal it, steal it, steal it. <laughs> no, People know me so first. So you noticed a difference straight away. Like you, you, you felt it. It wasn't Absolutely. like, yeah, no. Absolutely. I bet. Did it change? Does Has it changed? your personality in certain ways because a lot of people like to say no I don't want to take medication people shouldn't take it because it makes you into a zombie da, 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 which we know isn't true it's like 70 to 90 percent effective but do you think in some ways it has changed your personality but not necessarily in a way that's like made you this medicated robot person no absolutely not I I being a robot person I feel would be the last thing I would yeah. say about the effect of Ritalin has on me like yeah I still feel very much like the same person, just more, I suppose, articulated, more focused and just generally, I suppose, more organized. Like I don't feel like it takes away from my character or my interests Mm -hmm. or just just the essence of who I am as a person, you know, like I've, you know, I've experimented with drugs that absolutely have changed me as a person, you know, and this in comparison is absolutely not it. Yeah. People, people don't realize like Ritalin and Concerta and ADHD medication, they are not a hallucinogenic, psychedelic. No, uh, they're they're not, they're not acid or mushrooms. No, they're not mind altering. Like they are not, yeah, they're not not antipsychotics. They don't. They're mind enhancing. 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 (laughs) So do you think that some of the drugs that you have taken have completely altered your personality and like Absolutely. the way you function? Yes. I mean, I know I know I never stop talking about this no. like, to some people, but like um just the just the most recent episode I suppose with um benzodiazepines, you know, yeah. the heavy sedatives. Yeah. Um oh my gosh, the side effects that they would have when I wasn't asleep, they just turned me into this aggressive monster. Spiteful, yeah, yeah, a monster basically. I was just an awful person I would get set off by the smallest most insignificant things yeah I just I genuinely like if I had come across that character that that I was like in my everyday life as I am now I would absolutely despise that person you'd run yeah yeah no I'd I'd run a mile in the other direction yeah that that's yeah yeah like some like some drugs um prescription or like illicit you know they up they some do have the potential, I suppose, to change your demeanor. Yes, definitely. To so varying degrees, but ADHD medication, I don't believe is a part of it that. Doesn't. It doesn't. It just doesn't. Like it's, yeah. it's not even like that's why it's it's people who aren't doctors who don't get it. You know, it, it's random people who read one article and go, it changes your personality. It's like, do you even know what a stimulant is? Do you yeah, know <laughs> what it is? Do you know what compounds it has? Do you know its atomic mass? Do you know what it does to my brain? Have you studied this for years? No, you've got no idea. You've got no, no clue. It's usually like the kind of person who I suppose would like to generalise just, I suppose, all drugs and medications as just something that people ultimately will get, will inevitably get addicted to rather. It will just completely change who they are. It will cause them to ruin their own lives and relationships. Like that is absolutely not the case. Not at all. It's you know, just like, not. I mean, those are the kinds of people who don't, don't fully know I suppose um anything you know the the topic that they're that they're speaking about like I mean absolutely some have the have the potential to do that of course everything has that like yeah it's it's ignorant and inaccurate to to brand that towards medication other, other substances or other medications that don't that aren't of the same nature. It's, it's I, I agree entirely. And I, I find it frustrating when people go, you know, you're not going to be able to take your meds forever. And it's like, first of all, why do you care? Second of all, why not? 
if yeah, I why choose not? to be like, on my what, meds, what, what, is there a shortage? <laughs> like uh, the only time I'll probably go off my meds is when I have to have a child because I know that with certain drugs may interact with like pregnancy and stuff. Like yeah. it may cause heart yeah, problems. That's... But like putting that aside, why do I need to not take it? Like you would never say that to someone who is diabetic or epileptic. And you'd never say, you know, you're going to have to wean yourself off the insulin. You're going to have to wean yes. yourself off the. You would never say that because it is a life saving drug. Well, you know what? My medication is also in a way my life saving drug because if I didn't have it, I would find my life to be very difficult. I'm not going to mm-hmm. die, but you know, it's not going to be very pleasant. Like if I'm not medicated. That's exactly right. And, you know, I don't understand why people have such an issue with that. Like, why they care. I mean, why it's their business. I've never sort of had somebody, I suppose, ridicule me for, for taking my medication. They better like, not. I mean, that's, <laughs> I guess that remains to be seen because I'm oh. still recently diagnosed. But even if someone did, like hypothetically or, or you know, truthfully, like why is it, why is it their problem, you know, yeah. like? It's not. It's not even any. That, what, sorry, it's not even their business to know. Like, if you're taking medication, medication, and like sorry. also, don't you drink red wine every night, Sally? Yeah, you drink red wine every night to cope with the fact that your kids are driving you crazy. So if I want to take my medication every day, you can drink your red wine. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, if someone yes. wants to drink every night for the rest of their lives, go for it. You want to do that? That's great. You want to? Uh, I don't know. Smoke go for it. Let me have my meds. Let let exactly. us have our medication. We're not hurting anyone. We're not dangerous. Like people think that it like makes you aggressive and it's like, we're not taking ice. We're taking no. Ritalin no. and Concerta. No. Seriously. <laughs> Some people will maybe carry that and carry that, um, I suppose that idea because I don't know. Sometimes with neurotypical people, take Ritalin, it makes them just bounce yeah, psychotic. Off the walls. It's, it's, as we said, it's effectively speed. So it's I mean, speed. yeah, it can have an effect on a normal person. Oh, but I mean, just with the just with the comparison to um, you know, um, the glass of wine every night or smoking yeah. or, or medication, it's like this is something that we actually need, need. to function and be able to participate, and that we've been prescribed. Yeah, in in our lives, like it's it's not even a recreational thing. No. It's it's vital, you know. This is a functional thing. It's a treatment. Like you don't need your glass yeah. of wine. Your doctor did not say to you, you know what, Sally, the kids are driving you mad. Give yourself a glass of wine. My doctor has said to me, if you want to continue, you know, thriving, you need to consider medication. Like that is Absolutely. an that's an option that I was given, and it's one that's working for me and that I need. You don't need exactly. a glass of wine. You can have it, but you don't need it. So don't worry about what I'm doing with my meds and don't suggest That's exercise. Insane. Like, has she tried going for a walk? Like, okay. <laughs> Like that's the, that's exactly also why it makes it so unwarranted because it's like you've got no if idea. You even, if you feel like you need a glass of wine, not just oh I could have a glass with yeah. I could have a glass of white with my with my meal tonight. It's like yeah. I need. I mean that's a little bit different from somebody taking medication that A is prescribed by a doctor and B like something they take so that they can they can function it's it's vital it's you know vital like, it's treatment like just like someone with depression is allowed to have their antidepressants i'm allowed to have my stimulants like i'm exactly. sorry if people are allowed to not feel sad and take their meds then that's awesome but i need to be able to feel like i can focus and that's exactly. the only way my meds permit me and people think that getting medications easy it's absolutely not no it's not they can't just prescribe it to you like that Every time no. I go to my psych to get my meds, she has it's to a ring. Process. She has it to is ring a process. The, the poison bureau and you know give out a number. You can't just like, oh yeah, he's Ritalin. They're, they're, no. 
that's not how oh it works. People Man, don't I could that. talk. I could talk for so long about this because, like, honestly, I don't feel that it's a bad thing. Like, I mean, yes, it it has its flaws in the sense that you know some people get like fall through the cracks, and yeah. it's a it's a runaround process, you know, just in general. And you know, um, not everything's covered by um by the um, government health and NDIS is, is pretty unacceptable as I've heard. Yeah. But we could have the alternate scenario like we have in the States. And, you know, it's like you could be all of 18 years old, walk into a doctor's office, say, eh, I can't sleep, and they'll give you like a two-month prescription for Xanax. I know. And, you know, and, oh, and then not to mention the opioid crisis. It's like yeah. that's what happened. Like that's the consequence, oh. I suppose, of a lack of restrictions on addictive on addictive medications. Yeah. But, you know, that Definitely. doesn't that doesn't necessarily excuse inaccessibility to people who who actually need it. Who need it. But that's so funny. Like a lot of people in America, like, you know, ADHD and you know, it's over medicated, overdiagnosed. It's like you know why? Because you all make it so easy to get medication. That's yeah, why. exactly. You make it so easy, <laughs> it's so hard. Like you'll give people America. you'll give people bloody uh, Xanax and you know, that pain medication, like Oxy. Oxycontin, yeah. Oh, my God. And in the same breath, you go, I think ADHD is way too overdiagnosed. It's over-medicated. I think it's an epidemic. No, no, that's not an epidemic. Your drugs are an epidemic. Accent is killing me. (laughs) It's such a bad accent. I don't know who I'm emulating. I don't know who it is, but she's from the South. And she's got a really strong accent. But it's so true, and I... I think another issue with like here the fact that medication is so expensive. Like my medication is so expensive. Oh yeah, really long acting is like fifty bucks for like a like a uh, months prescription. Months prescription. It's so expensive. Yeah, it's like, crazy. And my sleep medication that I just bought yesterday is like fifty six dollars for a month's supply as well. So my god, that's so yeah. people don't that's so much money. Like I've only just hit the safety net balance where now the medication will cost less for me, less for me. Um, so thank God. And I'm very lucky that my parents pay for my medication, but I know that if I like was not living at home and I just had my two jobs, I wouldn't be able to afford my meds. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I'd imagine that would be the case for a lot of people out there who are, you know, living by themselves who, I don't know, were, didn't, didn't have as favorable circumstances. Like if their parents weren't in the picture or, yeah. or, you know, any, any like Lower case, economic, suppose, yeah. know, not everyone has that luxury of having, having a parent or guardian pay for their expensive meds, you know, yeah, like exactly. I'm so lucky. Like I think medication yeah. should be means tested. Like I think with ADHD meds, it needs to be means tested. You know, 100%. if you are in a lower socioeconomic background, it just needs to be cheaper. Like birth control is means tested. Why isn't ADHD medication means tested? Exactly. I mean, like I'm sure like certain people would need birth controls, birth control, birth control control for like, I suppose, more crucial reasons, I guess, not just contraception. But like, that's the thing. Like, I mean, you know, look, I think a good example of this is over in the States, you know, insulin costs like, over 300 over 300 percent of what it costs to produce and it's astronomically high compared to you know to canada australia yeah um, italy japan like i actually i saw an infographic that's what i'm trying to trying to describe but yeah you know overcharging medication in the means of financial profit is quite frankly disgusting it's disgusting and unethical yeah which i feel very strongly about and you know, it's, it's, it's like with food, like this stuff is as necessary to a physically or mentally ill person as toilet paper, food, 
you know, feminine hygiene products, all, all of exactly. that. And it's so, not a choice as well. Like people think that because, you know, let's say you need insulin, like, well, that's up to you to, you know, deal with. Like you've got this illness and it's like, but I didn't choose it. Like exactly, me getting sick is not a choice and me having cancer and having to pay an arm and a leg to get treated is not my choice. And that's why people break bad and do a Walter White because uh, yes, like, I'm done. You know, like maybe we need a breaking ADHD, a disenfranchised ADHD person needs to, I don't know, like do something and start a revolution, but it's insane. Like if you can make birth, you don't get any ideas. I love breaking bad. Yeah, I love it too. Like why isn't medication cheaper? Like, and like, I think in France, they've just made birth control for free and we need to follow suit. Good on France. And didn't they, um, didn't they, um, oh, wasn't it, they didn't, um, get, scrap a tampon tax. It was like, didn't they, um, make all contraception free like yeah it's all free it's like for free good on them why is it free here like why is that not for free here why should people have to pay to you know regulate their symptom you know their cycle and to be protected like why should it be expensive exactly that's not right it's it's not in any in any means a privilege it is a right it is a right and a necessity for some people yeah and for the just i don't understand why it's not it's not more widely agreed that like, you know, healthcare and medication is an absolute number one priority. It is, it should absolutely not be used as a means of abuse, um, a profit, you know, like it's, it's, that's just cruel. It's essential. It's It's public health. People don't realize it's public health. And that's why like, you know, when I talk about my ADHD and about medication and stuff, I make a point like, this isn't me just like taking meds for shits and gigs and stuff this is a matter of my own health it is a matter Mm -hmm. of public social health and it should not be this hard to be neurodiverse it just shouldn't it just shouldn't shouldn't be that difficult and I'm sure there's people who have you know physical disabilities who would have even more to say about this you know who are saying the fact that I'm in a wheelchair should not make my life so difficult like things should be easier yeah like I mean even like even just things like that like you know a lot of places not being wheelchair accessible, like that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's highly, highly discriminatory. And the fact that it's not, it doesn't have more di- attention directed towards it is very concerning, I would I would say. I agree. And, you know, it, it's not to say that like, you know, now as opposed to maybe 30, 40 odd years ago, like when ADHD wasn't even heard of. I mean, it was still a thing, but it just wasn't, it wasn't recognised. Yeah. It wasn't researched enough. Yep. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we've come a long way in in terms of you know making the world as accessible, like as not it as can possible, be, but just just making it more friendly for for the people for who people. who aren't as um aren't as advantaged as neuro neuro uh, neurotypical neurotypical. Sorry, I no no no. I agree, and I think I there's this argument it's a long way like, to go. That being said, no, there's this. Yeah. I I agree. It's like the argument I'll use. And I'll say, I am not wrong. I'm not ADHD. It's just the world isn't made for me. Like being Mm -hmm. short, let's say, like short people, there's nothing wrong with them actually being short. It's just that everything is made for tall people. So like my ADHD maybe wouldn't be so exacerbated if it was in an environment that was easy, but then that invites in the argument that ADHD is only environmentally caused. But, like, no. there is something to be said, though, that, like, you know, the fact that at school you have to sit in a chair for six hours, listen to a teacher just talk at you, it's not really conducive for ADHD brains, thus it exacerbates symptoms. Absolutely you not. Know? That is quite literally, like, the polar opposite of how it should be accommodated like that is the single worst setting that you could put an ADHD person in it's like so bad them, 
It's like, like putting someone with autism in like, I don't know, a concert and they have like sensory issues. It's just cruel. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's just cruel. Like it's just not made for them. And I think life should be made easier for people who are neurodiverse because it's not a choice. Like we don't do this for fun. I don't do it for attention. As much as I love being ADHD, it's not something that I like sort out and that I want, you know, to have to deal with. So just make it easier. Like just make it easier yeah. to get diagnosed. Make it like, bloody easier. It's almost like, you know, the world we live in kind of tells us to just quote unquote deal with it ourselves, you know? Like I mean, what was I gonna say? I was gonna say something. Um I'm trying to say that no, it's gone. It's gone. It's gone. Um, We're almost at an hour. So I wanted to ask you, is there anything that you would like my listeners and people to know um, about you and your story? Anything that you want people to take away from this conversation? Honestly, what I would say to anybody listening. So firstly, I would say if you even slightly suspect like if you identify with any of the nine symptoms of ADHD and you feel like it's a possibility that it, this could be you, absolutely 110% go and get tested. I understand that not everyone has access to this. the costs and, you know, the time involved in the diagnosis, mm. but, Try. you know, which is really unfortunate, that being said. Yeah. But, you know, there's there's... Uh, there's, there is support available for people with ADHD online, like Kids, Kids Helpline, ADHD got, Foundation. Got yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there there are things like that, um, but yeah, no diagnosis, medication, and CBT are priceless yep. to people like us. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. priceless mm-hmm. and important. And uh, you know, next time someone says to you, "You need therapy," you should be like, "I actually am in therapy, and I'm working on myself." You should try it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You, should, you should try it you should just give it a awesome. go awesome i like it i like it i like it i think that is a really positive and good note to end on so obviously jasmine and i are going to talk after this but we're gonna say goodbye for now on the recording thank you for joining on the lucy pod jasmine it's been a great God, conversation my it's gonna be so exciting it's a long episode i think it's gonna have to be like two-parter which is like fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah that's, it's, it certainly seems that way. The time's just flown. God bless Trent. Trent's my editor, so he's going to have to um, uh, edit this. So he's going to have fun listening to us ramble. Oh, he's going to have fun with that. <laughs> well, he can have fun with it. He can enjoy it. So um, goodbye, everyone. Uh, see you next time. Lots of love. The Lucy Pod. All right, I'm going to press stop recording now.